You are listening to the audio recording of a video production that may contain visual elements, including charts, slides, and demonstrations. The full video is available on YouTube with more in-depth articles at jamespuccini.com. Impermanent loss is a risk faced by liquidity providers on decentralized exchanges such as Uniswap and SushiSwap. These are at the very heart of what generates yield in many DeFi strategies. In this video, we'll be looking at how liquidity pools work, what we can do to quantify and calculate impermanent loss, and then using that information to try and mitigate some of the risk. Let's dive in. To understand impermanent loss, we first have to have a good understanding of how liquidity pools work. If we take a look at this example, where we have ETH as the base asset, and we've got an ERC20 token which is being traded into that. A liquidity provider will send both ETH and the token into the liquidity pool, and in return for that, they'll get LP tokens, which act as a receipt, which entitle them to a percentage share of that liquidity pool, or the funds within that liquidity pool. A trader can then come along and if they want to buy the token, they can send ETH into the liquidity pool and in return they get back the token. They've essentially increased the supply of ETH in the liquidity pool and decreased the supply of the token. This will have an effect on the price and it will push the price up of the token relative to ETH. The token price will increase along a curve because there's now more ETH and less tokens in the pool. The liquidity provider still owns the same percentage share of that liquidity pool, there's just an adjusted ratio of assets. And this is where impermanent loss comes in because the token price has gone up but there's now less tokens in the pool. And if the trader decides to sell the tokens back to ETH, the price will come back down, the pool will re rebalance, and there will be an impermanent loss, which is where the term comes from. This is often the case with stable coins, which always kind of fluctuate within a very tight range of approximately one US dollar. However, with more volatile assets, particularly like new tokens, the prices can diverge a meaningful amount and this can lead to an actual permanent loss for the liquidity provider as an opportunity cost compared to just a holding strategy for the two tokens. To compensate the liquidity provider for taking that risk, the trader will actually pay a fee which is usually around 0.3% per trade which goes into the liquidity pool building the value of that pool which increases the value of the liquidity provider's share. This next bit is going to be a little bit technical so if you haven't got one already go grab a strong coffee. Automated market makers work using a simple formula x by y equals k, where x is the quantity of the base asset, y is the quantity of the second asset, and k is the product constant of the pool. The product constant is used to calculate the price based on the fluctuating quantities within the pool. So we can work out the product constant by simply multiplying the quantities of both sides of the pool. And if you look at an example of the UEF pool, we currently have 12,605 Ethereum or ETH, and then 1.459 million UNI tokens. The current price is 0.008635, and the total value locked in the pool is 25,210 ETH. We can work out the product constant by multiplying the quantity of ETH by the amount of UNI tokens. So we've got 12,605 by 1.459 million, and that roughly equals 18.4 billion. Now let's work out the impermanent loss based on a theoretical situation where the price of the UNI token doubles in value relative to ETH. So the price of the UNI token in ETH will double from 0.08 to 0.01727 and we can use that price ratio and the price constant we worked out earlier to work out how much of each asset there'll be in the pool at that price point. Now while this wouldn't be guaranteed, in practice trading bots would arbitrage that down to whatever the price is on centralized exchanges. So to calculate the uni quantity in the pool we can take the square root of the price constant divided by the price ratio and to count the ethereum in the pool we can take the square root of the price constant multiplied by the price ratio. So in the UNIF example, we have the new quantities in the pool of just over 1 million UNI tokens and 17,826 Ethereum tokens. 
We can see because the value of the uni token has increased, we've actually got a more valuable pool now relative to ETH. Originally, the pool was valued at 25,000 ETH. It's now valued at over 35,000 ETH, but we've suffered some impermanent loss because it's now less the more valuable asset in the pool. So if we compare this to a strategy where someone just held the same amount of tokens and didn't have them in a liquidity pool, the, the value of them tokens would be worth 37,000 ETH. Now we can work this out that our impermanent loss relative to that holding strategy would be 2,163 ETH, or 5.7%. Note that this doesn't take into account the transaction fees to be generated over the period of time that it took for that price to double. So what we can do now is we can put these calculations into a JavaScript function, and we can use that to plot a chart. Let's go through the function first. So we've got the function calculating permanent loss. We've got the product constant being calculated by the base quantity by the token quantity. Then we're going to calculate a hodling strategy, which is just the token quantity times by the future price ratio plus the base quantity. So here we're working out the Ethereum value of those assets at the new price. And then we can work out the same thing for the liquidity provider strategy using the square root of the product constant multiplied and divided by the future price ratio. Finally, we can calculate the impermanent loss by looking at the difference between the hodling strategy and the liquidity provider strategy as a percentage. When we pull out on a graph, it looks a little bit like this. And from this graph, we can see that as a rough rule of thumb, a 50% price change results in 2% impermanent loss for liquidity providers. I've looked at the risk of impermanent loss, but you also need to take into account the reward of the transaction fees. The transaction fees are paid into the liquidity pool, which increases the values of our holdings. Now we can work out the revenue based on the fee, which for a standard pool is 0.3%. Then we can then look at the trading volume over a set period of days and the total value locked in the contract. We can then see how much the dollar amount of total value locked earns in transaction fees. Note this is somewhat simplified. It doesn't take into account the effects of things like concentrated liquidity positions on Uniswap v3. So now we understand what impermanent loss is and how we can calculate and model it. Let's have a look at what we can do about it. So the most important consideration is the correlation between assets in the pool. Some assets such as stable coins will barely move relative to each other. So impermanent loss isn't a big factor unless one of them loses their peg. In contrast to that, highly volatile assets that aren't correlated in any way are gonna move a long way and you're accepting more risk for taking on that liquidity position. We can use TradingView to chart and look at the fluctuations in value between a trading pair. Here we have the UniF pair, for example. We can also use it to compare against different liquidity pools. Here I've plotted on a comparison indicator for the Sushi ETH trading pair. You can see that relative to Ethereum, Sushi's native token is more volatile than the Uni token, which if all other things were equal would make it less appealing to liquidity providers. In the past, it's been difficult to hedge or actively manage LP positions because of the Ethereum gas fees. At times of high volatility, the network congestion is at its highest and the Ethereum gas prices are through the roof. It could cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to remove a liquidity position and put it back on again at a later date. This is gonna change though, with Ethereum 2.0 rolling out and automated market makers being deployed on layer two scaling solutions such as Arbitrum and Optimism. I think there's gonna be a benefit to more active management of LP positions compared to like passively just setting and forgetting. A lot of this is gonna evolve around reducing the risk from permanent loss. At times of peak volatility where the markets are going straight up or straight down and the prices of assets within the liquidity pool are fluctuating wildly, we want to pause the positions as early as possible. This is the point where that risk and reward is at its absolute lowest and the transaction fees aren't going to cover the risk of impermanent loss because of the wildly fluctuating prices. There are a number of ways of looking at market volatility. We can think, look at things like average true range, 
which is just simply how much the price has moved in the past. But one of my favorites is the DVOL volatility index. This is something that's provided by Deribit and it gives a forward-looking insights into what the market participants are expecting the volatility to be. As a rough rule of thumb, if we divide the BTZ volatility index by 20, that will give us the daily expected price movement of Bitcoin, and that's going to affect the entire market. We can take this further by doing simple technical analysis for individual assets that we're holding liquidity positions for, looking at when they're reaching key support and resistance levels. These are the kind of times when we're going to see breakouts which affect the price in a large way and it's going to be really to quite high impairment loss. If we close our liquidity provider positions for a short period of time where we're expecting very high volatility, we can reduce the risk of impermanent loss on the portfolio. So to wrap this up, we figured out how we can calculate impermanent loss using the chart and the function provided. This is also in the blog post linked to in the description. We can calculate transaction fee revenues by looking at the trading volumes and the total value locked within a liquidity pool. And we can use this information to build models for the risk and reward of being a liquidity provider. We can compare different trading pairs and liquidity pools to find out the most correlated assets. And then when transaction fees allow it, either with Ethereum 2.0 or you when using layer two scaling solutions, we can actually pull our assets and put them back on in a more dynamic way where we're expecting periods of peak volatility. I hope this video has been of interest. Subscribe to the channel for updates. Don't forget to hit the like button for the YouTube algorithm. Thank you for watching.